Lord was upon Jephthah, and he passed through Kiliad and Manasseh, and passed on Mizpah and Kiliad. And from Mizpah of Kiliad he passed on the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will give me the Ammonites into my hand, then whatever comes out from the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the Ammonites shall be the Lord's. And I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah crossed over to the Ammonites to fight against them. And the Lord gave, gave them into his hand. And he struck them from our to the neighborhood of Minif, twenty cities, and as far as Abel Karami, with a great blow. So the Ammonites were subdued before the people of Israel. Then Jephthah came to his home at Mizpah. And behold, his daughter came out to meet him with tambourines and with dance. She was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. And as soon as he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low, and you have become the cause of great trouble to me. For I have opened my mouth to the Lord, and I cannot take back my vow. And she said to him, My father, you have opened your mouth to the Lord. Do to to me according to what has gone out of your mouth. Now that the Lord has avenged you on your enemies, on the Ammonites. So she said to her father, Let this thing be done for me. Leave me alone two months, that I may go up and down on the mountains and weep for my virginity, I and my companions. So he said, go. Then he sent her away for two months, and she departed. She and her companions and wept for her virginity on the mountains. And at the end of the two months, she returned to her father, who did with her according to his vow that he had made. She had never known a man, and it became a custom in Israel. This is the word of the Lord. We all know that some peoples and cultures are more affectionate than others. Brazilians, for example, are hugging and kissing people. And I believe some of you know that. But regardless of cultural influence, all parents hug and kiss their little babies. Their sweetness and cuteness are irresistible. Can we calculate how many kisses and hugs do we give to our children in the first three years of their lives? What happened? to us as children, shapes our whole life. According to Ronald Runner of Connecticut University, our childhood relationships, especially with parents and guardians, 
shape our personalities. The psychological pain of reject, rejection can be stuck for years. Faced with this reality, I'd like to look at the Word of God and see what in you, with you, a story that illustrates the importance of relationships in home and their effects of all other areas of life. The period of Judges was crucial in the history of Israel. As we saw, it was a period of transition. The Israelites was just landing in the land. They didn't have a king. And some neighbors used it to bring some problems to the Israelites. Jephthah's family background gave us a picture of how the lack of affection and healthy relationships in our nuclear family can harm our character and distort the way we view life and value people. But at the same time, we find in Jephthah's story the grace of the righteous God that regardless the problems we face in our families, he can exercise righteousness and bring grace to the covenant family. The Bible does not cover up or soften the character sin. This transparency we find in Scripture about men's moral and spiritual condition makes clear our need of redemption. So I'd like to look to some biblical truth for the covenant family through Jephthah's family background. The first one, family relational quality is important, but it does not determine who we are. As I said, the spiritual condition of Israel at this time was terrible. The book of Judges ends with the declaration that in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. If you observe the first three verses in chapter 11, you will realize that Jephthah was son of Gilead, but his mother was a prostitute. And probably, probably not Jewish. Because he was not a, an authentic or genuine children or child, Jephthah was denied in his rights in his father's house and also rejected by his mother's people. He was cast out by his half-siblings in events that determined his entire future. He became a bandit chief over a group of vagrants and social misfits. The passion Jephthah's brothers had for Money, possessions, and power brought a huge problem for, for to his life. They didn't want to share the inheritance with his half-brother and expressed how human humans after the fall tend to value things over relationships. We should use stuff and love people. But many times... We tend to love stuff and use people. And that was the case in Jephthah's family. The Bible says that Jephthah was a brave man. Perhaps his courage 
In addition, with being a natural endowment was a characteristic developed as a defense mechanism because he was rejected. He didn't have anybody to support him since his childhood. Unfortunately, his great leadership potential was channeled to something evil because he was together with bad guys. He didn't have his family to protect him. We can also find family dysfunction and relational imbalance in the exchange of affections in other biblical stories where one son was preferred and others somehow despised. Abraham with Ishmael and Isaac. Isaac with Esau and Jacob. Jacob with Joseph and his other brothers. Note that all these men replicated this bad behavior with their own children. They just replicated. Maybe they were not conscious, but what they received in their nuclear family regarding love and shared affection, they replicated when they became adults. And when we look back to Jephthah, we observe that such a rejection brought terrible wounds and trauma to his heart. Many years later, he would mention the fact when he asked, Did you not hate me and drive me out of my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? Many years later, he could remember the rejection he suffered and he struggled when he was a child. Observe, many people in the covenant family, they just brought the wounds of rejection in their hearts. And even though they were the covenant people, they replicated the bad behavior with their own family and children. What all these men failed to see, influenced by their family toxic relationship, was the fact that the identity of the people of the covenant must be drawn from the character of God. All God's attributes were fully revealed in the scripture. And all the time the Lord told to his people they should behave and they should see themselves accordingly with God's character. And not through the lenses of the bad things that happen in their family. This truth becomes clearly in the New Testament when Paul tells us about our new identity in Christ. When he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It's common to hear, but some people say in the church, but pastor, I don't feel like that. The wounds and all the horrible things that I faced in my family, in my childhood, still bring, bring to me insecurity. How I will see myself and how will I act in life. However, God's word makes it clear that it is not our emotions, the way that we feel, that should determine who we are and how we react. From the experience of being Christ, 
by the supernatural power of God. The Holy Spirit works in us the change necessary for a life pleasing to the Lord. We need to assume our new identity in Christ, generated by the Holy Spirit. You are what the Bible says you are. A child of God. And not what your parents told you in your childhood. If what they said was based in the word of God, so you can just put this in your heart. But if not, refuse. Your identity is in Christ. Some researchers reviewed 36 studies from around the world involving more than 10,000 participants and found that rejected children experience more anxiety and insecurity and are more likely to be hostile and aggressive. What some of these researchers may not know is that the Holy Spirit acts continuously bringing healing in the lives of those who belong to the family of covenant, using all the bad experience you had in the past to build Christ, Christ's image in your life. For sure, we can remember and cry for many bad things that we lived in the past. But we know that all things work together for the good who love, for the good of those who love God. Don't shape your behavior or worldview at past trauma. If you had an abusive grandfather or an abusive father, do not assume that every man is abusive. If you sense like that, you need help from your church to clearly understand your new identity in Christ. Seek prayer and help. Let's remind ourselves every morning of our worth in Christ. The Almighty Creator, God gave His only begotten Son to save us from eternal condemnation. But also to save us from the wounds of our past. You have already received the greatest of all proofs of love. When love is lacking those around you, remember that you are still loved in Christ. With the greatest love that you could experience in life. A second truth that we find in this Bible story that we could apply for our lives as the covenant people. Do not allow harmful relationships to distort your life purpose. Not just the way you see yourself, but how you value your projects and how you see your life. Returning to the text, we notice that in verse 4, few years pass and something unusual happens. Some of the Gilead leaders look for someone to lead them in the fight against the Ammonites. And who are they looking for? The rejected Jephthah. As some would say, the, tub, the, the table have turned. Jephthah, the despised. Jephthah, the unloved. Now is the man who would lead, lead them in the victory. 
And he would have the opportunity to repay all the bad things that he suffered and struggled when, was, when he was a little child. However, he decided to help the people who have rejected him. But not because he understood God's plan for his life. It was not because he knew he was still part of the covenant people and had a role of to achieve God's goal through all the gifts he received. He had a passion to reclaim his inheritance. And this was the main reason, according to most scholars, Jephthah, wanted to become not only the armed commander, but also the judge over those of his house in Gilead. What drives Jephthah is not a sense of purpose given by God, but a thirsty for power and retribution. And we wonder how much the lack of love and affection at home influenced these men. To become a pragmatical guy, thinking just in power, wealthy, and human honor. Yet in his grace and compassion, God allows Jephthah to prosper and prepares the nation to fight the children of Ammonites. And God pours out his spirit on Jephthah to drive the Ammonites out of Israel. And again, defeating a powerful enemy with little effort. This battle is described in a single verse, if you observe verse 33 of chapter 11. The Lord gave them victory. But remember, the nuclear family is the first school of life for better or for worse. The rejection of Jephthah by his brothers and stepmother exposed him to the worst kind of people. Because when you do not receive love in your household, in your home, you will receive bad influence out of there. And that was the case. Now he had a complete wrong view of life and achievement. Jephthah should have learned through the loving teaching of his parents that all material blessings have the same purpose of spiritual blessings, which is to promote the glory of God. It was not wrong achieve goals or have goals in life, but what was wrong was his motivation to promote himself. As the psalmist declares in Psalm 67, we observe the purpose of the material blessings when in the verse 6 he says, The earth has wielded its increase. God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. It is true that the Lord also makes explicit to the believers in the new covenant when Paul declares to the Corinthians, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Observe that when any achievement in life becomes our ultimate goal, we miss the real purpose of life. Jephthah, Succeed. 
He conquered glory, power, but he messed up his relational life. Unfortunately, this is how most of the children of our generation walk, moved by power, financial instability, security. They don't care primarily if this is the really way God wants to use their lives. They don't care. And even worse, in a mistaken idea of life's achievement, they imagine that everything they have is the result of their personal efforts. I got this. Some practical exhortations for us. Let us remember or remind our children daily of the first question and answer of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is the chief end or purpose of man? The answer, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Every honest profession contributes to the kingdom of God. A sure maker once asked Charles Spurgeon, Reverend Spurgeon, how can I fulfill my ministry since I'm not a preacher like you? Spurgeon replies, make the best shoe and sell it for a fair price. We are fulfilling God's purpose and glorifying his name when we understand that every profession, everything we do in our lives, not just in the sanctuary, but when we are out of here, we are advancing his kingdom through everything the Holy Spirit manifests through our lives and through our new identity in Christ. We fulfill our ministry 24-7, and not just when we are here. But Jephthah has didn't receive a correct view of life through scripture. He just messed it up. Every single conquer. But the last truth that we find in this partially sad Bible story Regarding the covenant family, we should always remember that everything we are and conquer is the fruit of God's grace. In the verse 29, the passage that we read in the second reading, we find the recap of events prior to the account of the battle in the verse 17. Two facts in this session are in sharp contrast. First, Jephthah, by the coming of the Holy, the, the spirits of the Lord upon him, became a charismatic hero. He led Israel, and the Lord gave him a quick victory. But secondly, he showed his lack of appreciation of God's character, love, grace, and empowerment upon his life. Seeking to secure God's favor by his rash vow, Jephthah crazily decided to, to offer a human sacrifice to the Lord. But if he had been better versed in the tradition, if he had received in the scripture guidance of how to sacrifice to the Lord, he would never... Do a crazy thing like that. 
The lives of others are sacred and should not be exterminated for individuals' particular end. And human sacrifice was a wicked practice of some neighbors in Israel that the Lord strongly condemned. But Jephthah didn't know that. He had in his mind the dangers and wrong idea of meritocracy. As Americans, we are great believers in pulling yourself up the bootstraps. We love a so-called self-made man. We are a country of a rugged individualists. But God says in Deuteronomy 8.17, Beware, let you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me to this wealth. The Lord condemned this view of life. Jephthah did not learn what grace was in his home growing up. That lack, of, that lack corrupted his understanding of his relationship with God. To the point of thinking that his victory over the Ammonites depended on his personal sacrifice. And what happened? He met his only child, his only daughter. And decided to move forward. Can you imagine? In the covenant family. A man who was leading the people of God in a victory. Decide to offer. His only child. And move forward this crazy vow. A similar lack of understanding affected me for many years. When I sought to serve my leaders with total dedication, in an unconscious attempt to win their love and admiration. As I didn't receive as a child, as a child of divorced parents, I didn't receive the unconditional love and care of my father. I developed a, a wrong view of relationship with people that had authority over me. I always tried to do my best. To be a good servant. But unconsciously, I wanted to receive love, recognition and care. It was just when I clearly understood the grace of God. And that I, I was already loved by God. In a way that no man in this planet could love me. And I changed. And I kept serving my leaders. But as an answer of the God's grace upon my life. And not in a way that I was trying to conquer his love. In our relation shared at home, grace must be exemplified. No one should have to earn our love. We love freely as Christ loved us. If we do what we do for our family, with the expectation to be rewarded, we will be frustrated. You know why? We are imperfect beings living with other imperfect people. Everything that we do 
And every love manifested. It's not because it's your father, mother, children, but because God loved you in Christ. And you should love them unconditionally. In good moments and also in bad moments. Some final considerations. Don't make full commitment in your professional life that will bring you money, power and prestige, but will remove you from your family and make you a stranger in your own house. Jephthah had power and succeed in his professional life, but his family became a disaster. And he was in the covenant family. Secondly, show grace to your children and explain that grace is the basis of our relationships and achievements. In my home, we try to explain this to our kids, always. I remember like three years ago, once telling Azaf that if he, my seven years old son, that if he didn't obey me, we would not go to his favorite ice cream shopping together that day. Few minutes later, to my other frustration, he disobeyed me. Have you ever felt that? You were praying, please, Lord, not allow them to do wrong because I will punish. And I told him that he wouldn't get ice cream and anymore. He cried for 30 minutes. And it was painful to me. He forgot. And at the end of the day, when he didn't remember anymore, I put him in our car and drove to the ice cream shop. Bought him his favorite ice cream. He couldn't believe it. While he was taking the ice cream, I explained it to him about God's grace. God's unconditional love. Through what I had just done to him. Try to exemplify grace in your home. Through the things that happen every single day. Where does our hope in Christ fit into a story of career success but family failure like this one? It's when we realize that just God can bring grace and hope to stories as sad as Jephthah's. This is evident from the writer of the Hebrews as he mentions Jephthah in the famous gallery of faith. And you saw his name there in our first reading. How could this be possible? A man with a massive family like that in the gallery of faith? Are you serious? Jephthah pointed to Christ when he said that he is the true judge of all. And you find his declaration in the verse 27. The true judge who would lead Israel to the conquest of his inheritance could also lead Jephthah's heart to a relational restoration. Even though he was the son of a prostitute, even though he was rejected by his brother, he believed in God. He trusted in the Lord's righteousness. 
and the Lord acted in his life. No matter the sum of failures in your family, no matter how many horrible things you struggled in your childhood, you are justified in Christ. You are saved by his grace. The Holy Spirit inhabits in you and has the power to change and heal any wound. Trust in that. Rejoice in this glorious gift and use your sad stories as an instrument of wisdom for those who are just starting out in a family life. Or those, or for those who are in their success and fail to see the grace of God. Regardless of the stage of life you are in right now, all of us bring with us the family's fingerprints. But in Christ, through the power of the Spirit, the Lord is using everything to save people in this lost world and give us guidance, joy, grace to manifest love that maybe you never received in your childhood, but you received the fullness of this love when you came to know Christ. May the Lord apply his words in our hearts. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you for the real stories that we find in your words. Sad stories among the covenant family that show us that we can fail. And sometimes bad choice can hurt lots of people around us. Help us also to understand that our righteousness comes from Christ. And that we can be healed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Visit our hearts and give us hope in our family. Give us hope when many bad things work together, just disturbing us to move forward in the direction that you want for us. We pray with confidence. In the name of Jesus, amen.